In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This time of year is naturally a time of preparation. The leaves fall to the ground and die in order to prepare new life in the spring. The darkness waits for the light. Children prepare their Christmas lists. Students prepare for final exams. Nonprofits prepare for year-end giving campaigns. And we all prepare to leave one year behind and to enter another. And for those of us who celebrate holidays at this time of the year, there's a whole other level of preparation that goes into getting ready to celebrate. For you, it might be a deep clean of the house and a day of decorating as you prepare to welcome family and friends from near and far around your table for Christmas dinner. It might be going out shopping to find that one perfect gift, or it may be baking for a school event, or digging out that favorite Christmas sweater, ugly or beautiful, for a party with coworkers and friends. In my life and the life of the seminary community at Swanee up on the mountain, this normal time of preparation, with all its busyness and papers, has taken on an extra layer as we have spent the last month intentionally and intensely preparing to move out of the building that the seminary has occupied for the last 30 years so that, come January, the work of renovation can begin. This preparation has taken multiple forms, but two of the most striking to me have been the processes of taking stock of exactly what is in the building and then removing it, 30 years worth of art, furniture, books, and the residue of people's lives, all so that the interior walls of the building can be torn down and it can be renovated and revitalized for the continued service of the church and the world. And when I tell you this time has been intense, I'm not kidding. You should see some of the professor's offices. I swear they've been there all 30 years. <laughs> Last week, Father Chase reminded us that Advent is a time to get ready, a time when the world is dark and quiet, to pause and prepare ourselves for the joyous feast and mystery of Christmas. When the immortal and all-powerful God became a child for our sake and sought his home among us. As I walked through the empty halls and classrooms of the seminary building this past Friday, our last day in the building, I couldn't help but make a connection between the preparation that our community had been doing for the renovation of the school and the preparation that each one of us needs to do this Advent season. Because just as a building can get weighed down by years of use and neglect and tons of stuff, so our lives can get weighed down by the sin and cares that build up over time as we live in a broken and hurting world. So we must ready ourselves to receive the Lord into our hearts again at Christmas and prepare ourselves to stand before his great judgment seat when he comes again and power and great glory. In this morning's gospel, we hear John the Baptist's call, repent, for the kingdom of heaven 
has come near. Then almost immediately, we see the author of Matthew's gospel quote the prophet Isaiah, linking John's call to repentance with the messenger in the wilderness who challenges us to prepare the way of the Lord and to make straight his paths. This call to repentance is one of the central themes of Advent. John's words still speak to us because we live in the already, not yet, of the kingdom of God. Christ has come, the root of Jesse has shown forth, and we have been redeemed. And yet sin still holds sway in our lives and in the world around us, because the kingdom has not come in its fullness. Let us not be like the scribes and Sadducees who refuse to see their sin and repent in this morning's gospel. Let us, rather, use this time of preparation wisely, so that in the words of the collect for the fourth Sunday of Advent that we'll hear in just two weeks, when Jesus comes, he may find in us a mansion prepared for himself. We often fall into the trap of thinking that repentance is simply saying we're sorry and for what, we're do- what we've done and then moving on from it. But it is so much more than that. Don't get me wrong. Being sorry for what we've done to ourselves, to others, to the world around us, and our relationship with God is important. It's the first step and an essential part of repentance. But it doesn't end there. The Greek word for repentance is metanoia. It means to have a change in mind and heart. In other words, it means a fundamental reorientation, a turning from those things that have drawn us from God back to God and his loving plan for us. The quiet stillness of this Advent season allows us, if we are intentional about it, to take stock of our lives to look at the ways we have lived over the past year, or 10, or 20, 30, or 70, and ask ourselves, what are the things in our lives, in our hearts and minds, that would prevent Jesus from finding room in the mansions of our hearts? What are the things that keep his path to us crooked and blocked? Is it pride and a, self, and a sense of self-sufficiency, like the scribes and Pharisees who John challenges in today's reading? Or is it something else? Envy, resentment, greed, gluttony, lust, maybe the inability to forgive? Or maybe it's the opposite of pride altogether. Maybe we're too hard on ourselves and think that we're beyond help. No matter what it is in your life, whether it's one of the things I just listed, the whole list, or something entirely different, we all have something that is a barrier between us and Jesus. And once we take stock of it, it's time to begin the cleaning process. Just like my classmates and I cleared Hamilton Hall of its contents, so each of us have to take has to take every one of the things that keeps Jesus out or blocks his path to our lives and start the process of removing it 
from the rooms of our hearts and the walls of our minds so that renovation can begin. We do all this, of course, by turning to God in prayer, acknowledging our faults, saying we're sorry, and asking forgiveness and the grace to begin again. Just like we do every time we gather here in this place for the Eucharist on Sundays. We start here with prayer and petition because this renovation of our lives, this preparation of the mansions of our hearts to receive the King is not a project that we can do on our own. In fact, we are neither the architect nor the construction crew. God is both, and it is only by his grace and with his help that this project will bear any fruit. As we are freed from the years of clutter and baggage and poor maintenance that have filled our hearts, our minds, and our lives, we, get, we can begin to see more clearly different possibilities. Possibilities of humility and dependence on God, of generosity, forgiveness, compassion, self-control, and a knowledge that we are loved by God. Of course, this process of taking stock and renovating our lives is not easy, and at times it is uncomfortable. Anyone who has ever tried to do a renovation project on their house can tell you that. Just ask the Thompsons about their floor. Once you begin, you often find that issues are deeper than they first appeared, or that something that at some point made its way into the house doesn't seem to want to fit to get out of the door, no matter how hard you try to force it. The work is hard, but it is worth it. And the good news is we're not alone. Jesus is there working with us and on us, and our siblings in Christ are always there to cheer us on and support us when the going gets rough. And if in our self-examination or internal cleaning, we find we need help to determine what the issues are or to dislodge something particularly sticky, the church has a resource to help us and the right of reconciliation. All we have to do is ask. My friends, in the next few weeks, as you continue your preparations in this busy holiday season, whatever they might be, I encourage you to take some time to pay attention to the darkness and quietness of the world and be still. Be still and wait for the light and hear God, John's call to repentance and to prepare the way of the Lord. Take stock of your life and begin the process of cleaning out all that clutter and baggage that keeps Jesus from coming in. Let God renovate your lives so that when Jesus comes, you might without shame or fear behold his appearing and welcome him into the mansion that he has prepared for himself in your heart.